TX Water Polo Podcast, James Smith in Austin and Joe Lanahan in um, in nature in uh, San Antonio. How are you, Joe? I'm good, James. How are you? Joe's sitting in his backyard. So if you hear birds chirping, it's not because the show is so good. It's just because there's, uh, you know, nature in the background. So a uh, a a busy weekend of water polo, um, but more really coming up. Like this coming week and weekend are going to be busy with stuff. Um, we're also going to talk with Cody Pletcher, the new head coach at uh, Cal Lutheran. He's a Texan. Um, Joe, where... Uh, how would you describe where Alvin is for those who are not as familiar with that area as, uh, for example, some guy like me? It's southeast Houston, so it's kind of between Pearland and Friendswood. It is kind of area. So oh, yeah, so okay. I mean, it's it's not quite over at Clear Lake and Clear Creek and uh, in League City and Galveston, but it's not as west as Pearland. Okay, um, you know the guy. He's um, uh, he is well. This is without a doubt. He's the only NCAA water polo coach who has three belt buckles, world championships in calf roping. The only one. It's not even a close second, you know, Joe? Like that. That's actually so impressive. I talked to him about that, so you'll hear that uh, in just a moment. Hey, Cody's a great kid. I mean, okay, I still call him a kid because I coached him a long, long time ago. But like, um, he was. He's one of the most enthusiastic people that I've ever met. Um, I, and I'm sure that he's going to do some good things at Cal Lutheran. And I mean, he still, he was, he, he was a high wire act. Yeah. Back then. And I still remember him taking a, like, like having an iced tea on, on a trip to Annapolis, Maryland. And he put, I swear to God, 10 different packets of sugar. <laughs> and I was like, you don't need any more sugar, <laughs> but he is a, he is a ball of, of like, he is, he's relentless. And he's and he's do some great things there. He explained that to me, Joe. He said that uh, the tea in Annapolis wasn't sweet tea, so he had to make it into sweet tea. That's all. <laughs> there you go. That's a Texan in a foreign land, you know. So there you go. Um, Austin College went three zero this past weekend, Joe. Like that's their f- uh, that's their best weekend ever. Um, they beat Washington, Jefferson, Penn State, Barron, and the new program at Augustana, all in this. Uh, that ridiculous bathtub on the campus of uh, Penn State Barron. No offense. Come on. You know, like everybody knows it's true. It's like this. The, the pool is ridiculous. But uh, you you play where you can play. Right. But they, they had a very, very good weekend. There are probably worse pools out there than the Penn State Barron like pool. What? But um, off the top of my head, Johns Hopkins okay. and Iona. St. Francis. Okay, St. Francis. So, yeah. So, but, you know, congratulations to Mark Lawrence and the boys from Sherman. It's great. Uh, 17 to seven over Washington and Jefferson, um, 21, 10 over Penn state Baron. Now that's the, to me, that's the one that stands out because, um, you know, you can, the, Penn state Baron has had Austin college's number a few times in the past couple of years, not so much in the last year or the year before that, but, uh, they've been a, a very strong rival. So 21 to 10, that's a pretty serious turnaround. That's a shows the improvement out of Austin college. Yeah. Well, that was also whenever, you know, Austin college had 19 of their 20 players were freshmen You're right. and they were still playing Penn state Baron fairly close. Yeah. And Penn state and Baron now, had a few guys. Freshmen are now seniors and I'm not surprised it's 21. To 10. Oh, Joe, you and see, it probably like, wasn't as close as the score. Do you look at that roster and it is painful because they are all seniors and I'm wait, wait a second. They, didn't they just start this program yesterday? It's like, wow, it is, uh, it is, uh, amazing how time flies, but, uh, yep. Accomplished that. They beat the new program from Augustana. That's, I have to say, not too big a surprise. 
um, I was watching that game, the stream, and man, Augustana had some fans. It was pretty, uh, it was pretty amazing. Like they were really into that game. So uh, they paid hey, Quad more. Cities. Uh, shout out to the Quad Cities. I have some family back there in in the Quad Cities between Iowa and the and it's on the Iowa and the and the Illinois border. Oh yeah, so, yeah. That's like an so, actual real airport up there. It is. It is. They were. They had. They used to have direct flights from DFW to Moline. Moline. Of, yes. So I'm actually curious about going up there at some point. So I am thinking about going to check out. But they're only playing one game this year at Augustana, so it's not worth it. But I'd like to do it a, another time. And driving there is a bit far, so I'm not going to do that. So, uh, yeah, congratulations uh, to Mark, to uh, Max Wade. Had uh, 14 goals, I think, over the weekend. But frankly, not that big a surprise, but a, but a very good weekend for them. They are, for the first time, in the top rankings of the CWPA Division Three. Uh, they are ninth, tied, I think tied. I don't have it in front of me. Whether they're tied or not, regardless, they are in ninth place. It's the highest ranking ever. So well done to them. And uh, they have three games coming up, Air Force, Santa Clara, and Concordia. It's not until October, um, uh, but uh, those are the next ones that are lined up. So well done to them. Um, this weekend, first weekend of ODP at uh, University of Texas in Austin, otherwise known as UT. Um, uh a lot of turnover in the coaching staff. It's supposed to be at least 90 kids are already signed up. I know that several of mine have signed up. So uh, a, 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 that this, I cannot believe that the season is already here because it feels like I just finished coaching at national championships a, f- a couple weeks ago again. Yeah, it's great that they're back there and they're, and they're um, back at the UT Swim Center, that is. And um, it's been a while since I think there's been some outside water pole there. <laughs> Darn right about um, that. And uh, I think they're probably going to end up with about 100 to 125 kids at that camp or clinic. And and I know Coach Cullen, and or that's Chris Cullen, is going to be out there with with a lot of the coaches. And there's some and there's some good coaches c- c- coming in. There's great coaches on staff. You know Sabrina Carlisle. You know Spencer Dornan. So you know it's. I mean, I think o- I I think ODP is in very good hands moving forward. So. It's all right. I mean, it's uh, the previous regime was way better, but you know they're no, they're not bad. They're pretty good. Uh, Always self-serving, James. Always self-serving. Trent Calder and uh, Ch- uh, Chelsea Shortall from Cal Baptist, and uh, this is the name that uh, that trips me up. Bernice O'Connor. I'm like, well, who's the Bernice that I'm thinking? It's of course Bernice Orwig. She's a stud. So oh, yeah. those great are great person. Coaches. She actually lives in North Texas now, and you know, and Sabrina Carlo, who does wear two hats. She's the a local coach. She's also on the national team staff too, which helps. Right. Yeah. So. Good coaches showing up. Um, you know, there's still time to sign up. I believe we're, uh, we're recording this at uh, three o'clock on Thursday. It should close. If things are as they usually are um, sometime tonight, although they might reopen it on Saturday. So anyway, if you're listening to this, go sign up if you haven't already. So first weekend of ODP, uh, unbelievable uh, for the 2021, 22 season. Um, and also this weekend is a Tisca water pool, um, kind of meetings so for all the high school coaches so excited. in Austin. Yeah. yeah. So a bunch of meetings and, but the good thing is, so this is the annual meeting that all the, all the Texas high school water pool coaches kind of get, get together this upcoming Friday and they kind of hash out their business. They, and they talk about schedules and such for the spring. Um, but it's also, they also will have some, some clinics for, you know, if you're starting a, a water pool team, right. like you got to do this. Um, but the water polo kind of the quote unquote, the keynote speaker for water polo is Guy Baker. Yep. So who is a three-time uh, Olympic coach? Um, he also coached in one national championships at, uh, at UCLA. Um, he did a virtual clinic last year 
and this year he's going to be kind of in person. I think he has like two or three different sessions going. So that's going to be great for all the high school coaches. So if you're a high school coach and listening to this, I would highly suggest you make sure you, yeah, like there are a lot of choices for diving, swimming, and yeah, in, yeah, in water polo clinics this weekend. Make it a point to get out to those Guy Baker clinics. Well, it's also, I mean, from the standpoint of uh, water polo in the high school level, like this is the last time that uh, Tisca water polo will actually sort of take place as far as, my, at least as, maybe I'm wrong about that. But the point being that it's the, the sport is no longer going to be managed by Tisca. It's going to be a UIL sport, obviously, a year from now. And so now is the time to sort of figure out how to actually create these programs. Like, go learn for crying out loud. Like, this is a great opportunity to do that. Well, the, the UAL is going to be in charge of water polo because it is a state-sponsored sport. Yeah. But they work very hand-in-hand with the various coaches groups that are out there, whether it's Tisca for swimming or the Texas High School, uh, like, you know, uh, coaches associated for, for football. There's a soccer one. There's baseball ones. There's basketball ones. You know, they work hand in hand to to make the rules and to set the schedules and all that good stuff. So Tisca Water Polo is still going to have a very important role kind of moving forward. Yes, this this upcoming spring is slated to be the final Tisca Water Polo uh, championship season going into fall 2022 for UIL. But Tisca Water Polo is going to have a very uh, yeah, important role moving forward. I guess what I mean is that this is there aren't all that many opportunities for for coaches and for leadership that knows that they're going to have a high school program or at least is thinking about it and learning enormously quickly uh, a lot of stuff about how to actually create that program. This is one of them. There's a Tisca clinic that's going to happen, you know, a year from now as well. But boy, there these are limited opportunities, and especially when you've got somebody like Guy Baker who's been uh, developed at as high as you know USA and Canadian national teams and then now is at a place like La Marinda uh, a club so he has developed at all kinds of levels so it was yeah and uh, and and Scott Slade who's the Tisco Water Polo chair is going to announce this upcoming Friday and by the time you put this together it's going to be past Friday <laughs> um um it'll I mean it's we're going to we're going to have the Texas Water Polo kind of academy so we're going to have two clinics going on in October uh, November December January and February leading up to this upcoming high school season of which each month one's going to be kind of Tisca water pole based where it's going to be kind of focused on the high school coaches yeah. and the high school needs. And then another one's going to be a uh, USA water pole based, which is going to be probably more a, a little bit like, you know, tactics and yeah. And uh, like, and like, and like in drills and skills and such. Um, but they're both going to be based and they're going to be open to everyone. They're going to be free to everyone and all coaches. So there's going to be a ton of opportunities out there. Plus everything that's already kind of, you know, at the TX Water Pole website and such. So right. coaches out there, there's plenty of stuff. Please go, please go take advantage. Or if you or if you just need a, a little bit of of kind of be pointed in the right direction, please, please reach out. Yep. Absolutely. Um, okay. Um, quick, uh, well, relatively quick mention, um, Junior Olympic All-Americans were announced. I don't have the list in front of me. Um, there's a lot of really good representation from Texas this year. Very, very pleased to see that. Um, I just saw... The standouts that I saw were Southside, um, Pegasus, um, Thunder, Viper Pigeon. Those are the teams that I saw the most uh, athletes who are All-Americans. I'm sure I'm missing some of them, but uh, congratulations to all of them. Um, you know, and so we, we talked about JOs, obviously, at, uh, in some detail, and there were some just great performances by Texas teams, but also, obviously, some great performances that got noticed by other coaches from individuals. Yeah, to see the full list, just go to usawaterpool.org. 
Yeah, although man, that thing load it took forever to load. I wonder if it's because of my computer. But anyway, that that it it is available there and uh, in in its entirety. So you can see all the ones that were selected from California for their two sessions, and then the one uh, great session in the state of Texas. Very good. Um, speaking of USA water polo, this is a straight out of your email, Joe. Champions Cup and Rocktoberfest uh, are upcoming, but they are going. I mean, there's changes to them basically. I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, Champions Cup will be the first weekend of November in at the University of the of the of of Indiana, um, where it's been for the last couple of times that they've had it. Um, that's for the fourteen hundred slash eighth graded and younger group, and that's mm-hmm. boys and girls, and yep. you have to qualify through your zone. But uh, but more specifically to your point, as far as changes, the Rocktober Classic is be slightly different. They're going to use some modified twelve and under rules to try to to try some different things for the 12 and, and yeah and under division of which they're going to play six on six which includes the goalie so it's going to be five on five for the field players and they're going to and they're going to take away those like yeah like the zone uh, requirement mm-hmm. so you know teams like there, there there used to be a zone zone rule where you can't zone if everybody's on the offensive end right. um and now that was very difficult to officiate. Yeah, sure was. And um, so now they're take kind of kind of taking that out. The other twelve and under rules are still going to stay. Like you know, you can't um, the goalie can't go past half. The um, like there's no direct shot of like you know like 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 outside of six meters. So there are like a lot of the twelve and under rules are still staying, but they're going to try to kind of kind of open it up kind of a little bit for October. It's gonna be fun. Where is that again? That's in Mesa. Uh, that's in Arizona. Mesa, Arizona, and then, but they, they, you have to qualify once again from your zone for that. Is that how that works? No, the first thirty-two teams that want to play get to play from anywhere across the USA Water Polo. Okay, that's great. Correct. Yeah, yeah. All right, that's excellent. Those two things are coming up. Um, obviously the 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 fall schedule for USA Water Polo in the state of Texas is out there. We talked about that last week, um, so that's all ready to go. Joe, I, I, I'm, I'm done with my list. Anything else before we get to Coach Pletcher? No, no, just I mean. Again, uh, uh, Coach Cody Pletcher is going to do some great things at Calhoun. I fun. I believe you. Like I, I think you'll hear that in this conversation. He's uh, he's a, I mean, just having spoken to him that one time, he's a serious character who um, I think people really have a lot of respect for. So I'm looking forward to seeing what happens. And here he is, Coach Cody Pletcher of Calhoun. <laughs> Right about now, you might be expecting some song and dance about a product you don't need. Well, shush, we don't advertise here, and we want to keep it that way. So we sure would appreciate your help. Show your support by going to txwaterpolo.com forward slash donate so we can keep covering the sport we love in the great state of Texas. Hi, this is Natalie Benson, and you are listening to a podcast about water polo in Texas. Very quietly, this Texan has paid his dues coaching water polo in Southern California, and on June 24, he was named the head coach 
interim, I know, but still head coach of both men's and women's water polo at Cal Lutheran in Thousand Oaks. That Division Three program has been a member of the Sky Act since uh, 2003, and Cody Pletcher will now attempt to earn the Kingsmen their first ever conference title. The native Texan coach, thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Appreciate uh, it. So let's, we got to talk about your appointment. Were you aware that a change was coming or was it a, and this is back in June, or was it a surprise, maybe a frantic surprise, but still a surprise? Uh, we, it was a surprise, it was a surprise to everyone. Okay. Um, it was a surprise to uh, the um, past uh, head coach, a surprise to me, but um, you know, the, the university was looking to go in a different direction. Um, and they saw me as being that direction they wanted to go in for now. Um, and it's turning to be, I mean, it's turning out to be a good thing. Um, we're started out the season great at Air Force Academy going three and one. Uh, the only game we lost was to Air Force. Um, so, I mean, we're, we're starting off hot. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. It was a really, uh, you know, a bang up first weekend. Um, the, June actually is a fairly decent date in order to get this job because you have a little bit of time. I mean, I don't know when you're, I don't even know what you call it. You know, we called it hell week, but I don't know when that starts for you. You had some time to sort of establish yourself as the head coach uh, prior to this, the first tournament. It wasn't as though it was a, you know, three days before the first tournament of the season. Uh, well, uh, the, I mean, to, to let you know, I, I've, I've been a part of the university now for 14 years. This is my 15th um, at the university. So the relationships that I have established, um, those were still here. And I think that really helped. Um, I mean, I, for example, the, the very, our very first meeting, I walk into the room and the room erupts. Uh, everybody cheers. It's, it's loud. Um, it's just a different kind of feeling right now. It's a different kind of, um, I don't know. It's everybody, everybody feels it. It just, uh, our, our intention is to win. Um, that's our mindset and that's how we're going about our business every single day, um, is to try to win. That that period of time between when you were announced and this this first tournament, though, and I completely understand you have been around for 15 years, so it's not as though people didn't know you. But maybe you have certain differences in your coaching style than your predecessor. And we should say his name, Craig Rond. He's no longer with the program. He was there for quite a while. But maybe you have some coaching differences between yourself and him that you uh, you, you could use the word implement, but at least uh, um, give your athletes the experience with is is that something that uh, that you were even conscious of uh to be honest no um i i have to i have to keep going back to this um it is it is my i think it's my sole responsibility to create the best relationship between coach and player because that is the only way that you are going to get the most out of each and every one of your players. Every player learns different. Every player understands you different, understands the game different. They're, I mean, they're all unique individuals. So I, as an assistant coach, had already spent the hours and the, all the time that was needed 
to establish these relationships to where the players, they, they trust me. They like everything that we do in workout and nobody's second guessing it. Nobody's questioning it. They're, they just, they, they trust everything that we're doing. So to be honest, no, I, I wasn't thinking about how I was going to do things and how it was done in the past. It was, we're moving forward. It's a new page and it's uh, the Cody Pletcher way. Interesting. And that's a pretty unique, unique uh, background really. And um, a native Texan, and this is something I, I don't think I was going to highlight so much, but you and I have been speaking for a little bit here. You are a three-time world champion at rodeo, at calf roping. And I think that some people might actually find that, uh, you know, I don't know, incidental to your water polo coaching. But one thing that really stood out to me is that that means that you could have gone pro and that that circuit is a very lucrative one for those who are successful. And yet you went to water polo coaching. So what, what was the decision-making like pro process like for you between those two different endeavors? Well, um, in, in sports every now and then, uh, and this happens to even water polo players, um, people get burnt out and they, lose the love and the passion that they have for said sport and uh, rodeo and calf roping and um, being on the back of a horse. I had trained, I had worked so hard on ranches to earn my way um, because I didn't, I really didn't pay for my lessons. I didn't, I, all of my rodeo trainers um, and my, my uh, sorry, my roping trainers, they, like I worked on their ranches and that was my, that was my payment. So I'd clean stalls, I would saddle horses, I would ride horses for them, I would unsaddle horses, bathe horses, go to ropings and be up at all hours of the day. And I was just, I had got burnt out. Um, I was, yeah, just, thoroughly burnt out, couldn't, couldn't hang anymore. And, um, yeah, just water polo has always been a love. It's always been just this dire passion of mine. Um, and it still is when I'm on the pool deck, I don't think about anything else. Um, all I'm thinking about is my athletes and, and what I can do to help them, how we can win games. And that's why I'm still doing it. And that's why I chose to be, um, in this profession. Well, let's get in. I, I was going to talk about this a little bit later, but let's do that now. So an Alvin High School grad, you were there for four years. You excelled both swimming and water polo. Give us a little bit of a flavor of where you went from then. So it was Whittier and so on. But but um, give us the, the career, how you discovered the sport and then when and how you basically came to realize that this was something that you really wanted to pursue even at the collegiate level and then the coaching level. Yeah, so um, funny uh, story. I was a track uh, kid. My dad went to college on track, and we all know in, in Texas it gets real hot in the summers and it gets real humid. I've heard, yes. So I, I had started playing water polo in junior high, and, you know, I, I liked it, and, you know, I was I thought it was fun and it was cool, but I, I was like, yeah, I don't know if I really want to wear a Speedo. <laughs> So I, um, I, tra whenever I got to high school, 
I was walking by the pool one day and walking to track practice and it was blazing hot. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go talk to the water polo coach who was Lenny Garcia at the time. He's now retired. Um, and I, I was like, coach, you're a good family friend of ours. Do you mind if I, you know, play a little bit? And can you just tell the track coach that I'm going to work out with you for today, but I'll, I'll go to track. And he's like, yeah, Cody, no problem. So I played. I actually, Lenny, Coach Garcia told me that I was pretty good, that I had this natural instinct to egg beater. And I was just like floating around the pool. I couldn't really swim. I looked like uh, just white water was going everywhere. I really wasn't moving. Um, so I had to learn stroke technique and all that great stuff. But uh, I just, I, I left track, started playing water polo and really fell in love with it freshman year of high school. And then, I mean, I, I remember having to travel from Alvin all the way to Baytown, Sterling, three nights a week just to practice because I fell in love with it so much. And that was, I mean, Houston Water Polo Club was not how it is, how it was then like it is now. Right. Um, there are satellite pools everywhere in Houston. And, I mean, you, you don't really have to go that far to play. I had to, and um, I had to, I remember flying to Florida to play, flying to Navy with Joe Linehan to play. Um, Scott Slay was one of my original coaches, Justin Pudwill, who coached at Whittier, but that was after my time at Whittier. He was one of my original coaches. So names that people know within the water polo world, I was one of those original, I guess, players, if you will. Um, that I would like to say set the foundation for what Houston Water Polo Club is today. Um, and then uh, went off to college, uh, played, like I said, yeah, uh, as you guys know, played at Whittier. Um, I was able to work my way into a starting role by the end of my mm -hmm. freshman year. Um, then my sophomore year scored the game-winning goal in the Sky Championship game. Uh, that was the first ever Skyac championship that Whittier had won in the sport. Uh, years later, I am now inducted into the Hall of Fame at Whittier. Uh, my, that whole entire team, because of all of our accomplishments, uh, we, were, we had gotten ranked all the way uh, up into, I think, 16th in the nation as a Division three school that year uh, when I was a sophomore. Um, and then, uh, yeah, after college, graduating Whittier, I, I just, I got approached by the Kowloon coaches, uh, Craig and Matt Warshaw. Matt Warshaw is now the head coach at Cal State Northridge for their women's team now. Um, he, they approached me to be a grad assistant coach. They didn't know that I wanted to do it, that I even had a passion to do it. I really didn't even know that I wanted to do it. Um, I got here as a, a graduating college. I started coaching for South Coast Aquatics. Um, then I was the grad assistant at Kowloon. Uh, I fell in love with coaching. I just, I'm a very competitive person. Obviously, we've talked about my world championships. Um, and uh, I just, I wanted to keep doing that. But I also wanted to help people get to the level that I had experienced throughout my career. 
Um, I have experienced a lot of success both uh, in rodeo, in aquatics. Um, I know I'm going backwards, but I was the 200 and the 500 free record holder at Alvin High School for the longest time. I mean, that record has since been broken, but I had a lot of success throughout my career, and I wanted other players to experience that. Um, so that's why I went into coaching, and um, I've been a club coach for South Coast. I mean, I'm not anymore. I was a high school coach in this area. I coached Thousand Oaks High School. I coached Rio Mesa High School. I was a CIF semifinalist. Um, that's like the in. If I'm going to relate it, that's California's UIL. Um, it's called CIF out here. Um, and yeah, just I've, I've like I keep saying, I fell in love with coaching, and that's why I keep doing it. But that's sort of I guess my timeline of what I did throughout my aquatics crew. Okay, you're going to coach the women in the spring, but first the men. You started, like we said, with a bang on three and one. Um, you beat uh, McKendry, Mount Sac, and CMS. But Claremont Mud Scripps was a good team just uh, you know, not that long ago. Um, you lost to Air Force, um, and that's not – by the way, what's it like playing up in that altitude? Oh, it was um, – yeah, we well, – we, I have a very awesome assistant coaching staff and every player on, or every member of my coaching staff has a job and a role. And one of my assistant coaches was actually um, part of uh, the American powerlifting slash bodybuilding team um, and is our American record holder in the power clean for his, uh, for his weight class. Right. Um, so he understands a lot more about how the body operates. And so when we got into Air Force, we landed on Thursday night. We had a full-blown workout on Friday, just like like we were going to be at home. I mean, of going through swim set, I mean, it was like our guys knew exactly what it was going to be like playing in, in that condition. Mm. So for us – it, it our guys felt it but they felt it before we started playing so they had already gotten adjusted to it and i'm not so sure i mean i don't i i'm always about the mindset i care about my program and nobody else's so i could could have cared less how everybody else right. treated their yep. friday workout but i know exactly how we treated ours and it paid dividends <laughs> Yeah, good weekend. Um, you, we already have gotten into this a little bit, but it it is your first weekend as a head coach of a collegiate team. Was there anything that surprised you about the experience? Anything that you learned about yourself, or do you're just completely prepared to take this take on this role? Um, I think yeah. I mean, I I think we hit the ground running, and there was no we had the McKendry game. Um, that gave us our first true test as a coaching staff and as a team. I think we handled ourselves really well. Um, I, I looked back at that game and I was like, wow, all right, we're, we're ready for this. Um, and then, like you had mentioned, CMS, uh, that's traditionally a very good program. Um, and we expected it to be a very close game. And it wasn't. our guys, yeah, I mean, it just if the final score is 15-6. And our guys, and they continue to surprise me. 
but that's I think that shows what uh, or I guess that that shows my vision what I've been able to create in just a short amount of time and what the future that we have in front of us the future involves Fresno Pacific Redlands Chapman Laverne and then CMS again um is a tournament like the one or you know, a weekend like you had in Air Force where you know it's going to be challenging not only just the environment but you're going to play against Air Force do you do that purposely in order to challenge your your guys from the beginning of the season or is it just sort of happenstance oh we we have full control over our schedule so yeah we can uh for example the very beginning of our season we uh, played two scrimmages against two JCs to get our feet wet, to get let our freshmen get acclimated with the program. Um, everything has a reason. So our guys, yes, that tournament will always be brought back up when things are when we're having lulls in the season because it, it it's never going to be that tough again, in my opinion. Um, that was the toughest, like when we were playing Air Force, my guys were coming out of the pool trying to take deep breaths and they were coughing up lungs. So it was when you were asking me how the altitude affect us, well, it, it eventually did. Yeah. It finally got the best of us, um, whereas Air Force is used to training in that and we're not. Um, but I, I mean, I'll, I'll state this now. I, I would love to play Air Force again in my pool. I'm sure you would. I'm sure you guys yeah. would too. Um, give us some of the big impressions of this team that we're going to watch this coming season. And uh, you said you wanted to win. So are we aiming for the first ever Skyac championship? We are. Yes. Uh, I, Pomona is going to be, I mean, they, they just this past weekend, they put up a three digit victory against LMU and LMU is a very good program in and of itself. Um, I know Pomona's going to be tough. Whittier is going to be tough. CMS is not going to take what we did to them lightly. They're going to come back ready and fired up. Um, I just, I know that we woke a lot of people up this past weekend, knowing, all right, Kalu means business. Um, so I am preparing our guys to get ready to experience everybody's best game because um, they they're gonna have to play that in order to beat us in my opinion we are very deep we're very talented in years past we were missing pieces uh this year i do not think we're missing a single piece what were you, um, what were you missing uh in the past we were missing leadership uh, in the past we've had cancers in the program um, that have just brought the program down in the past we've not had as skilled of drivers or attackers we haven't as had as skilled as lefties or goalie i mean just from top down i have two senior goalies that are both capable of being all americans and it's just a very it's a tough thing to tell them, all right, well, you're only going to play half a game this game or, you know, this goalie gets this game, this goalie gets that game because they're very talented. And um, that's just what I have within my program right now. Nice problem to have, actually. Right. Um, 
you, uh, you meaning Calou, is uh, you're undefeated against Austin College. Why are you picking on your fellow Texans? What's wrong with you? Uh, well, this we'll, we'll, we'll see. I mean, well, I, 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 hey, we're both Division three, and there can only <laughs> somebody has to win, somebody has to lose. So, that's, uh, <laughs> um, I did, I did notice on your, um, on your roster, not so many Texans. It's not, but I am curious. You and I met in Texas, which obviously you were there recruiting players or looking at them at the very least. Um, can we expect maybe because you are a native Texan that you're gonna make your way through Texas looking for athletes more than your predecessor? Uh, yes, uh, my, I, our women's team sees more Texans right. than our men's team. I do see that, um, yeah. And I, yeah, it's, uh, I don't really know why that is. Um, but I do know that you, know, you brought up Austin College. I mean, that's that's a tough uh, recruit match for me. Um, a lot of Texans, if they are comfortable, and I mean, come on, I, I still love the state of Texas myself. <laughs> I mean, te- Texans love Texas. So it's, it's hard to get away. It's hard to move. And I get that. Um, but uh, the the recruits that are that are looking to get out, um, yes, I'm hoping to get them to come play for our university, uh, just because I think we have something good to offer here. What's uh, from a distance? What has your impression been of Texas growth, especially the decision for UIL to finally adopt the sport? Oh, I I, I think there's a misconception. I think there's still coaches out there and college coaches that will not um, give Texas the time of day. They have their niches and where they recruit. And I mean, I, I really, I think it's a shame. Um, just for example, our women's team played against Fresno state and NC two A's and their starting two meter defender is from Baytown Sterling. Right. If I'm not mistaken. Yep. Um, so that's uh, I just think there's a misconception. Um, and I, for me, I'm okay with that because I keep going in and, and finding diamonds in the rough that keep helping my program. Uh, and it's not necessarily that I can't get players here. They don't want to play. It's just, I mean, we're a private school that has a steep price tag, so it, it's going to take the right, student athlete to want to come to Kowloon and play, if that makes sense. Yeah. Somebody who wants to live in Thousand Oaks, which is much closer to the Pacific ocean than Sherman. Not that I'm trying to denigrate yeah. Sherman. Love me some Austin <laughs> college. Nobody's a bigger supporter, but yeah, you have your, it. Look, you just mentioned it. You, uh, in, you're a native Texas. You're very proud of it, but you're in California too. You, you, you know what to appreciate in that area of the world. Uh, yes. Yes, sir. Very, very much so. Including the quality of play that you get to experience. Thousand Oaks High, Rio, Rio Mesa, right? Yeah, these are these are quality programs. Cool. Um, Cody Pletcher, congratulations on your appointment, and I very much appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you having me. Thank you. That's it, Joe. Anything else before we get out of town? Now we just got the Armadillo Classic coming up at the end of the month. We've got the VP Octo Polo Fest that's happening the first week down in Angleton, Texas. Outdoor which pool. Is, which is going to be an outdoor pool kind of south of, of, of uh, where's it at? In, yeah, Jackson? in South Houston. Yeah. So it's going to be just north of Lake Jackson. And okay. um, yeah, Pearland. It's going to be south of Pearland. I don't know why I couldn't think of Pearland. Yeah, you don't and, know Texas. Um, 
And then you got the, like, like this upcoming weekend's the ODP clinic in Austin. Then you got the ODP clinic in Houston on October 17th. And you got the ODP clinic in North Texas on October 24th. Right. So plenty of options to go and lots of water polo to be played. Tons of it. Um, there's going to be game days locally as well. But uh, those are the main things, and those are all on the uh, Southwest waterpolo.org calendar, I believe. Uh, and you can also probably see those on txwaterpolo.com, a site that you should go look at. So that's it. Thank you, Joe, very much. Yeah, take care, Jim. Good luck with your construction, by the way. This is why Joe's outside with the birds and the airplanes. It's great. Just getting ready for the little one coming in October. Yeah, congratulations on that. Uh, thank all of you for listening and telling a friend about the TX Water Polo Podcast and the Total Water Polo Podcast. If you want to support us, go to txwaterpolo.com forward slash give. And we, of course, thank all of you who've done so, so far. And with that, until next week, so long from Austin. This has been a production of TWP Sports, LLC.